Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. It is America's oldest Carnegie Library, 135 years old. It doesn't look a day over. 115 uh, and is getting a major makeover as all of us need as we get a little older sometimes we we, we need a little work done uh, and it is getting a major one and we're going to talk about uh, some of the fundraising that's in progress and how you can help it is the Braddock Carnegie Library and Vicki Vargo is the executive director she's on the phone with us this morning good morning Vicki morning Jason how are you doing great how are you very good lots of excitement at the Braddock Carnegie Library if people go to visit the building on Library Street right now, what will they find? Well, they will find a lot of con- construction signs, um, a lot of construction workers. Uh, we're, we don't have public access to the building right now, um, but you can still access library services at 526 Braddock Avenue and also at the Braddock's Battlefield History Center at 609 6th Street in North Braddock. Tell us about your historic building, the the 1888 building. What is some of the history of that building? Why did Andrew Carnegie decide to put his first library in in Braddock in the first place? Well, I can't speak for the man, but um, my understanding is that – that he wanted to, and, and it, maybe it was a political move, he wanted to reward his workers uh, by giving them and sharing his wealth, giving them the opportunity that he had to become educated by having access to free books. Um, you know, it's a very noble idea, wonderful. You know, there are a lot of questions that come up with that because the majority of his workers did not speak English. So, um, however, the library did offer uh, English classes later in time. So, you know, his his purpose was, yes, to educate his workers, to give them opportunity, but then also to, to let them realize that, you know, life is not all about book learning. There, you need to, you need to be physically fit. You need to maintain good hygiene. You need to be exposed to culture and have a little fun along the way. So along that vein, he added on to the building shortly after it opened in 1889. Um, He added to the back of the building and up a few floors, a music hall, which sat anywhere from 900 to 1100. I've seen different numbers. But it was a very, very large theater. Um, also, a gymnasium, a swimming pool, and a bathhouse, and okay. a billiards hall and bowling alley. So, lots to do there. But keep in mind, those amenities were not free. Uh, okay. His workers were were able to get a membership to the Carnegie Club. 
and to be able to access those. So it was kind of a, a combination of a, a YWCA or a YHCA or, or, or the Young Men's Hebrew Association or Young Men's Christian Association in, in terms of athletic facilities, but also a, a cultural facility with the music hall and the library. Sure. Sure. It was everything. Yeah, it was everything for the for the town of Braddock. We're talking with Vicki Vargo. She's executive director of the Braddock Carnegie Library. What is your website address for people to get more information? Uh, org. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it, it, it is. But the other thing, too, the, the, the library that is under renovation, and we're going to talk some more about uh, some of these renovations and, and some of the people who have helped fund uh, the renovations that are ongoing. Uh, it, it, the, the, but the library itself is is very close walking distance, really, in sight of his first steel mill, the the Edgar Thompson works, the U.S. Steel Edgar Thompson works, which is which is still there. You, you mentioned a bathhouse, for instance, in the library, and I'm assuming workers, a lot of them probably in the 1880s, didn't have indoor plumbing, so this was their chance yes. to get a hot shower on the way uh, home from work. I, you know, it's funny. One of our neighbors, um, she was the only girl with, I think, six brothers. And she used to tell me all the time her brothers always went to the library to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> or, or to learn how to swim or, or to play basketball right. or on of things. Uh, what was the relationship? Because there, there are other Carnegie libraries. There's a very similar uh, setup. Uh, across the river in Homestead uh, with their library has a music hall and a, and a swimming pool and so forth. And I think the, the, the Duquesne at one time had a yes. Carnegie library, very similar to Braddock. Is that accurate? Yes. And, and actually, yes, we are all very close to one another. Um, of course, Duquesne is not there anymore, but initially Braddock, Homestead and Duquesne were governed by the same library board okay. and, um, and eventually, they got to the point in roughly around the 1950s of turning these libraries over to the communities and the communities or the school district. Mm -hmm. In in Duquesne's case, uh, the school district took it and they tore it down. Um, in our case, Braddock School District took it and... Um, <laughs> They then merged with neighboring North Braddock and Rankin. So the new school district, which later became Woodland Hills, um, the General Braddock School District, was not able to maintain the building, closed it down. And unfortunately, it suffered from neglect from the elements. And Braddock Borough eventually got to the point where they said, this is a public safety hazard. I mean, it, to see pictures of it, it would break your heart. It's just, I mean, I think it's a sign of the times, though. Yeah. You look at the building, you see the broken windows, you see the mangled fence and, and books strewn all over the place. And just very, very sad that this neglect happened. And that happened um, in the in when the late the late nineteen seventies, early nineteen eighties. Yeah, well, it closed in nineteen seventy four. So okay. from that time forward okay. until roughly seventy nine. But you know, we were very fortunate that David Solomon, who was the last librarian serving Braddock Carnegie Library, 
you know, would not have it that it be torn down. So he rallied the troops, bought the building for a dollar and started renovations. That's massive undertaking. This was also a period of time then when a lot of people were moving out of out of the Braddock area where Braddock had something like 20,000 residents in the 1950s. It's it's closer to 2000 residents today, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah. And and a lot of those factors, you know, it's easy. It's easy to say, well, you know, the mills started laying people off, but there were a number of factors. There was um, the merger, you know, people people don't like change and, and a lot of people moved away. Um, malls were starting yep. to be popular. Uh, you know, I remember Eastland Mall when yeah. it first opened, like, wow, what a what a great place. And even though that was an outdoor mall um, and Monroeville Mall, yep. people didn't yeah. want yeah. to, you know, park their car and walk down the avenue. And isn't it funny now to look at the waterfront and how everybody thinks it's great to park your car and walk down the avenue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, wow, things things do come back. Let's pause right there for a 30 second break. When we come back, let's, let's talk about some of the services that have been offered by the Braddock Carnegie library recently. I know some of them are on pause due to the renovation work that's, that's being done. And and also then let's get into some of this renovation work and, and what people are going to see when they return to their new and improved, uh, historic Braddock Carnegie Library, okay? Sure. Vicki Vargo is our guest. She's executive director of the Braddock Carnegie Library. That's what we are talking about today. It's not Love Your Library Month, but uh, for 135 years, people in the Braddock area have been loving the Braddock Carnegie Library. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 on 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Striffler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Striffler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Striffler's.com or call 4 412-678-6191. Vicki Vargo is our guest. She's the executive director of the Braddock Carnegie Library. Give folks your, your website address uh, once again, please. www.braddockcarnegielibrary.org, and it's all one word, no spaces. Uh, how long have you been in, involved with the Braddock Carnegie Library? I mean, first, you, you grew up in the Braddock area, so first as a child going to the library, right? Right. I grew up in neighboring North Braddock. And, um, you know, if you're from the area, you know, there's definitely the demarcation line and everybody is very territorial. But I live um, I currently live in North Braddock and that's where I was born and raised. And yes, we did visit the the library. Um, I had my dance recital in the music hall. So it was it was a community center. When when did some some of the things are, are no longer have been functioning? The swimming pool, for instance, has has not functioned for many years. I don't think, and I, I think the bowling alley has not functioned for many years. Right. So when I had mentioned earlier that um, that the building was abandoned and suffered from from just the elements, 
when they reopened the building, Dave Solomon's focus was on the children's library. Mm -hmm. So uh, it sort of set the tone for let's do what we need to do to serve the public and especially the youth of the community. So being able to open the children's library um, and then as you acquire more money to renovate different parts of the buildings. So, you know, that was roughly early 80s that the children's library reopened and then looking at what else do we need? So by the time that I got there in 2001, um, not all of the building and to this day, not all of the building was usable. And it's either because, um, you know, there's no floor in the room hey. or um, it has no heat, it has no air conditioning, or even places like the gymnasium that were usable, they just were not climate controlled. So if you went up in the gym in August, um, you roasted. you're not going <laughs> to you're not going to stay long. No, no. So, and the building, I mean, built in 1888, 1889, and then some additions added on, they were not thinking about things such as uh, accessibility for people who have limited mobility, for instance. No, not at all. And I, you know, either that or they're a much hardier stock than we are, but... Um, so no elevators, no, rank, no handicapped ramps, nothing like that. No, not at all. Um, and really to climb to the third floor from the first floor... Whether whether you um, have issues with mobility, or if you're a parent with a stroller, it's just it's just not an easy thing to do. But but you have been offering some really innovative services in that building, especially uh, not just le lending books and and DVDs and and music, which most libraries do, but you lend tools there, don't you? And 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 uh, household. Items. What, what sort of tools and household items could people borrow from the Carnegie Library? Uh, well, and I wish this would have been around when I bought my house, but <laughs> but, but we had um, we have weed whackers, um, the leaf blowers. Um, the thing that circulates the most are tables and chairs. Okay, or, you know, folding tables and chairs. And pop-up tents, and and really, we're coming into that season because graduation parties, yeah, sure, spring proms, spring formals, yeah, yeah. So it's it's really been a great a great lending item, and this all this all originated from the art lending collection, which was part of the 2013 Carnegie International. Um, a group of young ladies who worked for us um, had an art collective by the name of Transformasium, and they were invited to the International, and their project was an art lending collection, and we still maintain that to this day. Um, you know, people ask, well, what do people do with this artwork? What do they, you know, do they bring it back? Do they keep it? And and everybody has been very respectful of the collection. Um you know, I asked one of our patrons, what do you do with the artwork? And she said, I have a nail on the wall and 
Every two weeks, I bring my chair and change my picture and just sit there and enjoy it. And I, oh, that's great. What are you supposed to do with art? You're supposed to look at it and, <laughs> and enjoy it. Uh, Vicki Vargo is executive director of the Braddock Carnegie Library, BraddockCarnegieLibrary.org. As Vicki mentioned, they are kind of dividing their time right now between two spaces. One is on Braddock Avenue uh, in the old Braddock Free Press building. There is a small lending library there with some computers and, and things that people can access, uh, internet services. And then they are also uh, using some space at the Braddock's Battlefield History Center as a uh, renovation project uh, is underway at their historic location there on Library Street, just off of Braddock Avenue in Braddock. Uh, could, I ju- could I just add, we also have a site, an ongoing site, a satellite at Turtle Creek Human Services Center. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I was just about to ask you, where, where all do people, I mean, different libraries have different sort of what they call catchment areas where the people come for services. What, what is the wide area that is served by Braddock Carnegie Library? Uh, Braddock, North Braddock, East Pittsburgh, Turtle Creek, and Chalfont. But anybody who has an Allegheny County Library card can use your services there? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And that yes. includes to, for for borrowing. Do they need to, they, do they pay anything to, to borrow a piece of art or to borrow no. a... No? No. Nope. No. Everything, all of our alternate lending collection has the same guidelines as borrowing a book. You could take it out for two weeks bring it back. And I believe the only stipulation we may, um, because some things are a little more fragile, sure. we may request a down payment or something just to hold it. Yeah. But you, you mentioned tables and chairs, artwork, uh, household items, and, and and it's not just the lending services that you do. You had, and I know this is currently on pause due, due, to, the, due to the renovations, but you had uh, art gallery space and I, I think pottery ceramics type space correct right we had um we have our bathhouse ceramic studio which is located in the former bathhouse and will be relocated there once we reopen um and that has been an ongoing program for probably 15 years i've seen some great Um, work that has come out of that bathhouse ceramic studio yeah that was um that was the idea of one of our past board members, Dick Wukic, who um, spearheaded this this endeavor. And then along with that, um, we have a print shop, neighborhood print shop on the third floor, which will be expanded a little bit to encompass some of the STEAM programs that we're working on now. Um, we recently were acquired through a grant. Um 3D printer, a laser cutter. So a lot of fun things, a lot of creative opportunities. So um, we're, you know, and honestly, it's difficult to do this in somebody else's space. Um, (laughs) A little bit, a little bit messy sometimes, huh? Yeah, it's difficult to locate a kiln somewhere Uh and, and spray booths. And so it was we didn't want to do it because these programs are well attended mm-hmm. and, you know, offer diversity to our community, but we will pick up. So please be patient. Keep us in mind when we reopen. It's just, it's just it's the pause button is on right now. Right. Right. Speaking of pause buttons, we have another 30-second break here. Time goes quickly. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the cost of, of this ongoing renovation project, um, where you are in the fundraising, and, and how people can help. Okay? 
We're talking with Vicki Vargo. She is executive director of the Braddock Carnegie Library Association, BraddockCarnegieLibrary.org. And we are broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. Stay tuned. Two Rivers 30 Minutes will be right back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. Are you aware that currently 20% of veterans, regardless of era served, suffer from PTSD alone, and an average of 20 veterans commit suicide daily? So if you're a veteran suffering with these issues and need to talk, call Operation Vet Now or OVN at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or visit opvetnow.org. Back for a final few minutes with Vicki Vargo. She's the executive director of the Braddock Carnegie Library, which is currently undergoing a major renovation program. That does not mean that they are not open. just means that some of the services are on pause for a, a little while. Uh, you can find the Lending Library and Internet Access on Braddock Avenue. That's what, 519, you said, Braddock Avenue? 526. 526 Braddock Avenue. So I'm on the wrong side of the street. 520. I'm always on the wrong side of the street. 526 Braddock Avenue in Braddock. Uh, there is the Lending Library, and you can pick up materials that are on hold, for instance. You can order them through the Allegheny County Library website and, and pick them up there. And uh, they're also doing some things up at the Braddock's Battlefield History Center. But if you go to BraddockCarnegieLibrary.org, that'll give you all of the contact information you need to find out uh, where the services are. And, of course, there is a satellite lending library in Turtle Creek at the Human Services Center Corp. Uh, so how much what, – what is the total cost of, of the work that's being done? It is not small. It is very ambitious. No, it um, it is um, roughly nineteen and a half million okay. right now. Okay, and w- how much has been raised so far? Uh, we're we're at seventeen point seven. That's so we're, amazing. We're close. We're very very close. And keep in mind, this started out at fifteen million, and but um, who would have ever expected a pandemic? Right. Uh, you know, but. Amazingly, people have been, foundations, corporations have been very generous and have supported us through this. So, you know, it may have taken a little longer. Prices may have risen a little, but we're we're almost there. <laughs> uh, you had a very big event here, um, I think, in, in September of last year. Uh, uh, the president of U.S. Steel, the former governor, Tom Wolf, and, and a lot of other folks. Tell us what happened uh, last year. Uh, that was our ceremonial groundbreaking, and it was it was pretty much geared towards um, our funders and our government funding that we received. Uh, we've received two ARCAP, well, RACP, um <laughs> <laughs> grants we we have an NEH grant so a lot of government funding a lot of um local foundation funding so given the state of our building unfortunately we couldn't open it to the public but we wanted to do something ceremonial to say hey we we did start construction actually in May of last okay. year so this was just here's our here's our kickoff um, they were able to sign a beam that an I beam that will be put in the wall. Um, yeah, so it was it was basically show them where we are. Here's what we're doing with the funds and how far we've gotten with it. There also, was an announcement of a, of a major gift from U.S. Steel. Tell me about that. 
Yes, I'm sorry, I forgot that. Yeah. Um, U.S. Steel and the Penguins are are um, co-chairs for the capital campaign. So, you know, having having um, Brian Trottier was not able to be there, but David Burt was, and at that time. They had previously committed to five hundred thousand and upped it to a million, which you know really helped the cause. So, um, you know, you can't deny. You know, I've told I've told people this before. It's it's like a family situation. You don't always get to pick your family, but when push comes to shove, your family steps to the plate. So, so to the to the tune in this case of of a million dollars from uh, the U.S. Steel and the and the Pittsburgh Penguins. When when is the target completion date for for the renovations, or at least the target date for reopening to the public parts of the library? Um, optimistically, we should be done with construction either the end of the year or first quarter 2024. Okay, which is coming um, and, sooner than we think, huh? <laughs> you better believe it. Look, yeah. we're almost through the first quarter. Right. Um, so realistically, we're planning between moving back in to have our grand reopening in June of next year. So okay. it's, not, it's not far away. What but. are some of the features that people will see in, in the renovated library. You alluded to two that, that are that are big health and safety features, which are um, more accessible uh, with an elevator and climate control so that all of the building can be used all year round. What yeah. are some other things? Um, well, you know, this all started off with um, Eden Hall had funded a building master plan for us. Mm-hmm. And and they really are the ones that spearheaded this whole operations. Um, you know, without their belief in us, I don't think we would be where we are. And and they gave a significant gift to to helping this process. So, as part of the building master plan, the things that we wanted to address were accessibility, adaptability, and sustainability. And Accessibility, you know, having an elevator, yes, that will improve accessibility 100%. Um, having doors that open automatically will help. Um, that's, um, well, the other thing is restrooms. You know, you uh-huh. don't really think of accessible restrooms. Yeah. And then ad- adaptability, we have learned from the past that if you make a room specific other than the ceramic studio, if you make a room very specific, it's, it's going to be difficult to reuse it. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to easily move bookcases out of the way and set up for the chili cook-off or, you know, do other programs in the building. So that has been our mantra is keep it, keep it flexible. Um, and then finally sustainability I we just saw the drawings the other day and and Gendico is our general contractor and GBBN architects um are doing the drawings. GBBN showed us the drawings for the book dive which is the former pool and I think everybody is going to be so excited to see this new space. I know everybody wants a pool but <laughs> this is the next best thing. I mean I I think it's it's really a beautiful 
space that can be used for multiple things. So we're, we're almost out of time, but the book dive is kind of that you're going to be able to walk down into the former pool yes. and use right. it for readings, for recitals, for book signings, for for whatever kind of uh, related events that that you need well, a little you bit. Could of a, rent it. Yeah, you could have a shower there or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the music hall? I know across the river at the Homestead Library, the music yes. hall has been very popular. Is your music hall going to be reopening? Yes, it will be. And okay. um, for you the know, first time first, in first time in probably fifty years or sixty years, huh? We have had minor well. minor performances there, but um, yes, on an ongoing basis, it will be open, um, and we're looking forward to that. And. Uh, you know, I think the people of the Mon Valley will be proud to say not only do they have the Homestead Theater, they will have the Braddock Theater. So, you know, once again, we are a cultural center. If, if people are hearing this and they're either in the area or, or out of the area, or maybe they used to live in the Braddock area and they're still curious about what goes on, which is why they listen to the show, uh, how how can they help? Uh, if they want to make a donation of, of, of uh, money, for instance, or material, uh, how would they get in touch with you? Is there available on the website? Um, they can go to our website, of course, you know, okay. like everybody, we've got our donate button. Uh, so they could do it that way. Or um, later this year, we will be kicking off our public portion of the campaign. So stay tuned. Just okay. keep looking, you know, at our website. Okay. Uh, we've been talking with Vicki Vargo. She is executive director of the Braddock Carnegie Library, America's first Carnegie Library, 135 years young and getting ready, as we just heard, for the next 135 years. Vicki, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Thank you for having us. And thank you all for listening this week to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. On Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport PA, 15134. You can email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Thank you.